Yeah, I think there's, I mean, there's a lot of interesting contrast, or it seemed like it would have been, it, it could have been kind of low-hanging fruit to make a purely cynical document out of mm -hmm. a lot of that footage, potentially, but there's a lot of beauty in it, too, and I think it's, like, handled really, like, delicately, which is, I was impressed by, you know. Yeah. And I'm, oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, well, so, like, one of the things, like, in the beginning, for instance, I, I don't do, I don't do this so much now, but in the beginning, I, I got a lot of enjoyment, um, like, filming, which I'm sure you've seen, like, people on their phones for yeah, yeah. long, extended periods of time, and the way I thought about it was that, um, I'm helping them one day, not, no, not anyone individually, but... You know, while, while people are spending their time focused on their screens, I could help them one day kind of like see the things that they were missing because they were so focused yeah, yeah. on their screens. And in a way, it's like that's what the reflection is. Yeah, is yeah. About. Do you ever, does anyone ever catch you doing that in the street? I do think like... So far, no. Yeah, oh, I, I have a lot of... Media and all this kind of stuff. And I, and I was also kind of using like... Well, there's that stuff, it kind of gives you an, this feeling of community, but then I was like, but, but like, at the very least, you know, like, these kids want to have sex, you think, and like, you're like, yeah, yeah. well, like, let's go out, maybe I'll meet somebody, Yeah. maybe we'll have sex, that, that would be great, but, but then I was like, it's like, they have, like, Tinder, all these, like, apps where, like, you sure, can just yeah. kind of, like, laser focus on, like, the single people who are, like, Ever groping around in the darkness in your in your community. So when you take that whole element out of it too, even though that's not all of it, obviously, but that's a part of like somebody going out sometimes, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, but it's easy to blame kind of whatever like Instagram or something for like ruining uh, like you know, true interconnectivity between people. But I think uh, real estate too has a huge Thing to do is that every every American city is getting more and more gentrified. It just seems like to what end, you know? Like there's yeah, yeah. How, how are they gonna rent out all these like shit boxes? Yeah. to give the sense of what America's like in this moment. Um, and, and this isn't even, and it's weird because in some ways, like the America that I was trying to capture is even more that way now because of what's happened with the coronavirus. And 
also just the sense of like social isolation and the sense of this sort of like that one place isn't necessarily like that real life isn't necessarily better than online life for them like everyone who's like oh these poor these pathetic like guys that are just online like why aren't they out there like interacting and it's like why aren't they going places it's like well that and that was the thing that was so funny is that every time i shot with them since a lot of the times like we weren't gonna like go to their house and like we had to just shoot in public places and it was so weird because they would never like they knew of places to go but it was almost like weird for them to be outside just gets flattened and there's not really any conversation there's just this kind of like zeal towards wanting to punish um, each other for being human
some kind of, um, maybe all art is some kind of like Rorschach test, which uh, can reveal more about the viewer, the experiencer's uh, own inner psychology or, or feeling than it does necessarily about the thing itself. Um, it, you know, it can't really, can't really function without the audience.
because of the advertising models, every like all these systems currently are designed to basically get as many, you know, like firsts or short term eyeballs yeah. or clicks or your attention as possible. Yeah. And therefore like that system itself is just designed for things that coupled with human nature, like what we know to work, like how yeah. to get someone emotionally or like right now what they call memes, you know, basically yeah. you get like an outburst, like a, a laugh or a, you know, whatever they call it, a dopamine rush, you know, yeah, for yeah. a couple of minutes and then it's just on to the next thing and on to the next thing. Right, right. And so these systems are designed to do that, you know, versus yeah, yeah. thinking um, or designed for more long term kind of things. Yeah. Do you feel any <clears throat> responsibility or inclination? as an artist or as a communicator to like work against that tendency? Um, I do and in so far as like for me it's not even like a matter of like working against um, I, I do see value in subverting those kinds of systems but I also think that um, you could also work within the system itself mm -hmm. I mean, I guess it is a form of subversion, but like you can work within the system to create, like just creating awareness of the system alone is, I think, sure, yeah. a step. There's something amazing about, like, even just working within the established limits and just making something that's completely just like down the middle but like still has some kind of like gleaming mm. sort of like I don't know effect about it that makes it seem interesting but yeah transgression that, uh, that seems like just like that is the like little tickle or something you know that's mm. like oh yeah, yeah. didn't see that coming you know yeah yeah uh, or just like so that broadly it's like sure yeah like I want to get tickled you know like show me Show me something uh, interesting, or yeah, just yeah, yeah. flip it around on me. Um, but at, at the same time, too, I, I feel like as I've gotten older, I've gotten more traditional too, in some ways of just like, like kind of just like embracing tradition too. Like I, I get it, like the shit worked, you know. Like yeah. we don't, we don't always have to like put put a nail in the tire here you know like we can yeah, just keep yeah. cruising
This whole thing, this whole underground thing, like, is, is at the lowest ebb point I've seen it since I started paying attention to it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Years ago. And it's been a slow decline, I would say, over the last four or five years. after the core of our own desire and uh, I mean, what we would like to hear that otherwise doesn't exist, uh, synthesizing these divergent strains and finding um, 
some result or you know, musical solution um, to uh, uh, whatever individual sort of problem presents itself.
shows I watched a lot when I was younger, when I started watching TV, was uh, Star Trek The Next Generation. Yeah. And the way they portrayed uh, human beings in the future and how they use technology was, in a way, I guess, very optimistic. Yeah. But they also did it in a way where, you know, it was, de- it was, a, it was definitely not utopian and you yeah. still had character flaws, like you still had human nature and you still had conflict. But technology was used kind of like in the service of mainly um, for exploration yeah. that type of thing. And so I always kind of do think of technology more or less as a tool and its, and it's, its usage is basically reflective of, you know, like the yeah. conditions of the culture and the society. And so I think it's very possible for all the technologies that we have today to be utilized in that manner is a matter of actually um, you know, creating culture and society that uses technology in that yeah. manner. And there are examples of that, you know.
be online. Right. That being said, like, I can't even be really online right now because um, it's not relaxing for me. Some like it cold, some like it hot, hey. 
Like a good comedian who's doing a proper uh, impression or, or a, a, a parody, um, to do it right implies. I, mean, I feel like when it's done right, there is there's some kind of reverence for the subject. It's not it's not a complete. Um,
internet has created this, you know, global community in a way, right? It's like now you're, you end up being in community with people that you don't even know or you haven't even seen um, in person and all this stuff. So it creates this global community that's very intangible. And I think that our brains haven't really adjusted to what that means. Like when you're in community with somebody, like how do you actually want to treat that person? And how right. do you want to be treated as a member of the community? Like if we're in global community, I would hope that you know, the people who actually care about me and who actually love me would be gentle with me, you know? And I would hope to be able to be gentle with the people that I love and care about. It doesn't mean that you make excuses for people, but it just means that the way that you approach, um, you know, mistakes or wrongdoings or just hurt and all of these things, you have to approach it in a way where you're actually having compassion for another person and you see them as a part of yourself, really. This kind of, you know, this flippant thing, because it doesn't take anything to get to your computer and just type stuff on the internet. Like, I've been there, so I understand. It's like, you know, it's you don't realize the impact that your words and your actions have online. it's so chaotic and it's so I can tell that people are really angry and people are really hurt and I understand that I think that those emotions are you know valid and stuff but it's just not I just don't know if people are going about dealing with it in the right way but also it's like who am I to say what way that they should be dealing with their anger and their pain like I don't know like I can't I can't make decisions for other people's lives so instead I'm just I just kind of have tuned myself out I'm, yeah it's just not that I don't think it's a space for me right now I'm a contrarian by nature, 
So wherever I see a lot of people going, I want to go to another place.
Somebody will try to cram French New Wave movies down my throat and they'll be like, oh, only French New Wave movies are important. You shouldn't look at anything else. You should only watch Truffaut or Godard or something. And I mean, I'm not saying that stuff is bad. I like that stuff too. But, like, there's so many other things. There's a mysterious intention behind. And a lot of them are like big box things. Thank you. 
have to learn the textures that are like above ground, so to speak. You know, read as much philosophy as you can. Then don't be afraid to watch a made-for-TV movie and analyze it. Give it as much thought as you would an art film. Right, right. Um, because it just seems wildly, uh, it just seems wildly, I'm just going to say un-American, to not see those things as interesting and important. These elements are uh, uh, drawing in, bringing certain uh, musical traditions into the the mix, the brew of Mineshaft, um, uh, there is one level of, of, of sort of winking parody, um, but uh, uh, we also like these sources, I think. Yeah.
my dad was with you know the culture in like Ohio and Illinois, just like the Midwest culture, everybody's tinkering on their car. Or yeah. certainly in the seventies, you know, everybody was tricking out their car yeah, yeah. in the driveway. And my dad had a Harley and he was really into the whole Harley culture where you were just constantly working on your your motorcycle and your so I grew up in that, that culture. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I definitely had a lot of experience working on cars. Yeah, yeah. My dad was also a heavy drinker, so I was <clears throat> I was driving at the age of nine. You know, like I well, he would get really wasted and give me the keys to the car. <laughs> well, and I would drive him home. And we had this Model A Ford that he got in a scrapyard and it you know it's like the old old Ford that had a rumble seat and the it had a hand clutch it was just it was like a tractor basically you had to you had to squeeze a, a hand grip to change gears and ratchet it back kind of like how you would drive a tractor there's all these really complicated ways and it had four pedals on the floor uh, different braking systems and I was my dad was drunk I was driving this Model A back home, and you know, we're like in farmer world, there's no stop signs or anything like that, yeah. so it was totally safe, you know, <laughs> no problem. But the cops pulled us over, and I was terrified, I was really, yeah. really shy. When I was a kid, I, I wouldn't talk to strangers yeah. at all, I was super, super shy. But my dad was just like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm really wasted, it's safer if he drives. And the cop was like, no, he, what is he, 10? <laughs> yeah. How old are you, son? And um, so the cop was like, move over, I'm gonna drive, you know, we're gonna get you home. And he couldn't drive the Model A. It was too, there's too many weird complications. Yeah. So one of my early, early childhood memories of driving was me driving a Model A with the cop sitting next to me and my oh. dad <laughs> passed out in the rumble seat in the back. <laughs> and just having this conversation with this guy, he's like, so, how's school? <laughs> yeah. You're like, yeah. Were you able to reach all this stuff? But bless my dad, he actually literally had two by fours screwed together that were, it was kind of like my bicycle is the same way where there's blocks on the wheels. Yeah. So I had like an adult size, size 10 speed, but I could use the wheels because my dad put these blocks of he had this like weird thing with door hinges and two by fours that was that was usually split under the seat. Yeah. But you can slide it forward and that produced the pedals. Wow. <laughs> he thought it was hilarious. He thought it was the coolest thing ever that I could drive the model A. And you know, it was, it was kinda of like a toy. Like it was fun. It was really yeah, fun. Yeah. So he would let me just kinda of take it out into the the dirt roads and then back. <clears throat> he was a genius. He was really, really smart. Uh, when I was born, he was a mechanical engineering professor, and then he got really into computers. Yeah, yeah. So, um, part of him was really super nerdy, 
And then part of him was all about motorcycles and Harley and beer. And he played guitar and sang and just kind of, he wanted to identify as a bad boy, you know, like a rebel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he was really, really smart and he was in his, for a while, his direct boss was Bill Beats. He came out to California and you know, for a little while he was working not for Microsoft but a company called Computer Vision and they designed the CAD CAM system which was like a digital way of drafting. Yeah. Um, and so he was working on that but then he got fired and we, he designed a cookie making machine for a cookie company once. All of this uh, tinkering. So I, I grew up with a, a dad who tinkered all the time. Yeah, yeah. Let a nigga try me, try me. I'ma get his whole motherfucking family. And I ain't playing with nobody. Fuck around and I'ma catch a body. Let a nigga try me, try me. I'ma get his whole motherfucking family. 
and I ain't playing with nobody. Fuck around and I'ma catch a body. Bitch, I got the math or the 40. Turn a bitch to some macaroni. Tell me how you want it. I'm on it. I really mean it. I'm just not recording. Get a go to chopper for all you aquas. Leave a bitch, nigga, head imposter. You are an imposter, ain't got no money. Put the burner to his tummy and make it bubbly. I really hate niggas, I'm a Nazi. Love wearing all black, you should see my closet. Rock that all white when I'm feeling godly. How about like coke, I ain't got a pocket. Fuckin' y'all saying, bitch, my hood love me. Boy, two on four, where all niggas know me. I've been on my mind since they killed my cousin. Bring my cousin Devin, man, he just called me. All these niggas love me, can't get them off me. Fuck around, gave him my number, he won't stop calling. I be DMV the click, but you see a scoring. VIP in the club, why your section boring? Got a bitch that set it off like they the peaky. Clean like teeth, or you roll around with your nieces. Bitch, you TT. Mind full of money, got a heart full of demons. Mobbing like Italians, we really turn your face into a piece of no acne. How you singing like Alicia? Fuck with my family. Baby, lucky little, but got them despising. Do the whole crew, my bitch is freak nasty. Let a nigga try me, try me. I'ma get this whole motherfucking farmer. And I ain't playing with nobody. Fuck around and I'ma catch a body. Let a nigga try me, try me. I'ma get this whole motherfucking farmer. And I ain't playing with nobody. Fuck around and I'ma catch a body. He'll figure, Lil' Dej ain't bout it, bitch, how you figure? I don't do no drugs, I be all flicker, so lifted, fly in your girl, baby, gonna see how I gotta get this money, my palms itching, niggas got some light holes, most on bitches, I don't wanna do no songs, I don't wanna kick it, and I ain't signing to no label, bitch, I'm independent, let a nigga try me, try me, I'ma get this whole motherfucking family, and I ain't playing with nobody, Fuck around and I'ma catch a body. Let a nigga try me, try me. I'ma get this whole motherfucking family. And I ain't playing with nobody. Fuck around and I'ma catch a body.
itself that I have the frustration with. I think it's with things that come after where people will use the things, just like little sound bites from that interview to then create this context of like, oh, like Debbie Friday makes her music because she's a queer and oppressed black woman, like da da da. And it's like just setting up this framing that right, I find right. is just a misrepresentation. Like I don't, I don't ever describe myself in that way and I don't ever present myself and my music making in that way because it doesn't come from that space like yes identity is a part of it in a way but I don't feel like that's an accurate representation of how I even myself how I go about thinking about identity in my everyday life or the way that I present myself via music I think it's just this really convenient narrative that people kind of cling to now because of everything that's going on like socio-politically you know it's like um, there's just a lot of talk around how I think a lot of people just like mistake 
this they want to be good people and they want to do this like anti-racist work but then at the same time they get stuck in these places where then you start to view every single black person through one single narrative or one single story and it's a little bit ridiculous because um I think that you reduce people's humanity, you know, you reduce the complexity and the nuances of what a lived experience actually is. Like this whole idea of like intersectionality and all that stuff, it's not just about, um, okay, you associate, okay, a black person, you associated then with like oppression, victimization, all this stuff. That's not what it's about. It's about getting to, it's about being able to see people's lived experiences as like individual lived experiences and seeing all the ways in which like these systematic things interact in, in an individual lived experience and then how those individuals then form this web.
we just took the skylights off and had these big open holes. Yeah. And so sometimes while we were driving, people would actually climb out onto the roof of the bus. And that got really scary because I, you know, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't pay attention. Like I was driving all the time, and if I was going to hit a tree branch, I would just hit the tree branch. You know, right. it's just after a while, I, I, I was kind of numb to. Well, here goes another tree branch. You know. Right. And so one time I hit. There was this, this big tree with lots and lots of twigs and branches, and I hit it, and it was full of spiders. It was, you know, down in, down in Florida, there's just like all these crazy insects. And so the branches and twigs and leaves came flying into the person that was laying in the hammock. Yeah. Might have been two people. And one of them was a woman. She had her shirt off, and she was like sunbathing, and she got covered in spiders. And so she started screaming, and nobody knew. I thought I had hurt her, you know, like I was like, oh, yeah. I thought maybe she was out on the roof of the bus and maybe got knocked back into the, into the yeah. hammock or something. But um, luckily, nobody really got, like that was probably the most physical. Yeah. You know, I probably was the one who got hurt the most. But everybody survived, as far as I know. Yeah. Which is unreasonable.
and it's weird because I ended up getting to do what I always wanted to do, but I didn't really like go through any of the steps that anybody else goes through to become a director, you know? I kind of just did it myself because I knew that like nobody was going to let me do it. Like, I don't want to hear what Amazon or Nike or whatever has to say about like, human rights. Oh, it's disingenuous is what it is. It's just like, I think it also comes from this, right now, I think a lot of people are preoccupied with wanting to be good and chasing ideas of goodness that are not actually rooted in like what, like, what it actually means to be good in their lives. I think it's like, all just in this weird phase where it's like we want to be good people and like so what does it mean to be a good person and this is the easiest answer because how can you argue with like you know not wanting to be racist like that's obviously like a good thing you know so how can you argue with that but I do think like that preoccupation and that anxiety around goodness is going to do more harm than good because then you get things like not to stir the pot or anything things like cancel culture and all this stuff where everything just gets flattened and there's not really any conversation there's just this kind of like zeal towards wanting to punish um, each other for being human
I'm curious how much of it. I'm curious how much of it is a reaction to, uh, or is technology specific? Maybe the internet specific. If we're gonna be. Yeah. Well, I think I, I think uh, you can sort of trace. It. I mean, there's this sort of uh, like Ted Kaczynski approach. Um, that that uh, this is spiraling out of control, <laughs> and and we have to. Um, defeat this to, to return to some kind of like balanced order in the world. Yeah, that's um, kind of popular right now. Right. Uh, but uh, Wait, I was popular right now. That the Kaczynski uh, mindset is very popular. But I think uh, I think you can look at actually maybe Warhol is like the first uh, artist who kind of uh, brought it to people's attention to reveal that uh, you don't have to necessarily um, immerse your stuff, yourself in this stuff or, or just be completely consumed by it, but that it's uh, just sort of like pointing to it and saying, hey, uh, uh, some of this is, this is useful. We can, we, can, we can do something. Yeah. Uh, we can we can pick and choose what we, we want from it that's, that's useful and productive in, in some manner.
She'd never offered to do that before. Yeah. And I was just like, wow, like, what would I, what CD would I get? Like, yeah. so, I, so I had a few hours to like think about it, you know, like, yeah, yeah. What CD would I get? And I was just like, set home before you went. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, uh, but using what? Like, you're just thinking out of the, like, just any CD, but you're not like looking at like a catalog or something. So you're just at home, like, yeah, imagining yeah, yeah, yeah. So then I turn on MTV, you know? I'm like, well, maybe this will give me an idea, right? Yeah. Because this is just like a direct, this is music, right, I guess, going on. And then I saw a, a basket case video by oh, Green shit. Day. And I was like, wow, like, these guys, they're like in a mental institution. Mm-hmm. And they're playing this, like, really fast, uh, like, music this like fast aggressive music they're in a mental institution they have like dyed hair like for being like 11 or something that was like i could immediately kind of be like oh this is like transgressive this is like 
be like crazy, you know? Like yeah. they're in a, it's called basket case, you know? Yeah. And so, uh, so she, we, I, she bought me the Green Day record. Uh, Dookie. Yeah, Dookie. <laughs> yeah.
like really sleek, like like perfect like Cadillac exterior, and then like you just peel away the veneer, and, and there's all this like insanity going on beneath. Chinese playroom is a problem filled with sand. He's become a third world man. Smoky Sunday, he's been mobilized since dawn. Now he's crouching on the
most media is made to be very complex and like seemingly complicated, but it's very shallow. Yeah. Whereas like the kind of things that he was always trying to do, and this is specifically for children, you know. Yeah. I like the line of work he did, but his messages were very simple, but they're very deep, you know. Yeah, yeah. So he was like trying to reach through all, like essentially, like the noise, you know. Yeah. So media is often crafted as like noise, and there's a lot of it, and it seems very complicated, and but that's also why it's so seductive, you know. Yeah. You, 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 you think that like oh, there's all this stuff going on, there's all these references, but essentially. It's, it's super shallow. There's like really not a lot, you know. Whereas yeah. some of the most important things that like make you feel things or remember things, they're just yeah, they're not that complicated. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's hard to. I think that's increasingly hard to do to cut through the noise, though. It it is and it isn't because I think because there's so much noise now, it actually the the people and the ones who are doing things are simpler. Uh, it's just so, it's actually so much easier to stand out, you know, yeah. in that ocean.
It has something that it has to deliver, whereas like art that's considered more highbrow or something is not expected to do anything half the time. Yes, it's very economic. I mean, and that's why I think like the most valuable time periods to me are the 40s or the 90s for movies. You know, I love those films of those time periods. But because mainly there's a real economic sensibility, there's like 
you have to keep the asses in the seats. You have to get people interested in what they're what they're watching. Yeah, yeah. And there's a, there's a total branding. Like is the same producers, the same directors, the same actors and actresses. It's all very um, what do you call it? Uh, incestual. Yeah. There's like this incestual nature. It's incredibly fascinating because, as with all cases of incest, the unintended. The unintended occurred. Good job.
Well, I realized that optics are so important to people at that age because it's like everybody's paying so much attention to each other constantly. Yeah, I kind of realized that people pay more attention to, like, the idea of what you're doing rather than what you're actually doing. Yeah, yeah. So I got into this kind of, like, um, role play, like, in this, into these ideas of role play in artistic capacities. can't show too much intentionality with anything else. Because if you show too much intentionality to yourself, and you don't like look at the prisms of light coming in from different places, then you're going to, you know, ultimately hinder your own ability. And you're gonna not have as fun doing it. So you know Provide a single answer or interpretation uh, would be almost like a, it's the greatest offense, it's, it's really like a, an, an, an insult to the experiencer's uh, own uh, uh, agency or intelligence. groups of human beings who knowingly or not they're effectively like creating a situation and an environment with a lot of the technology that they have but they're basically creating a path that 
ultimately makes them less than human. Yeah. You know? And that's the thing which I I don't know if that's pop like that's the right direction. Yeah. Because in doing so, in the and, and a lot of times like their technology and the things that they do affect larger groups of people. Yeah. And essentially they're also doing that for the larger groups of people. And I think what's so what's great about some of the things that I enjoy and I get the opportunity to do, it's just really and I tell this to other people too, like really like what I'm interested in is kind of like, you know, figure out the best way to communicate pe- to people to remind them of like their humanity in a yeah. sense. And these are like, those are the kind of things that inspire me, you know? Yeah. And once you do that, and this is in a way, weird way, like it's actually easier than ever to do that since so many yeah. people have been like seduced by these things that kind of like strip away their humanity. Like yeah. once you do that, it's like, the effects are just so immediate.